So welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined myself, Diane, and Joe as together we seek the face of Christ. And one of the best ways and places to seek the face of Christ is in silence. And Joe just came off of a 30-day silent retreat, which is way longer than I've ever done. Six days was my lengthy, really? lengthiest retreat. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 30. I don't know if I'd, I'd want to do a 30-day. You had a few breaks, though, in between. It's not we like 30 two, we, days. we had two and a half break days. Two and a half break days? Yeah, so... Um, this so was the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius of Loyola, and they're divided into four weeks. Not they're not they're not full weeks, um, but um, they're for around four different periods. And in between each one, there ended up being a break. You, ordinarily, that just meant that as opposed to doing four or five holy hours a day, you do two, as you do one at like seven a.m. and then one at like eight p.m. And in between, you were free. The last break day was a surprise. Like we didn't know it was coming. The other two, we we had we knew they were coming the day before. And then the last one, it was like a Saturday. And I, you know, you, in the morning, you meet with your spiritual director for like half an hour. Or so, and he was like, oh, by the way, today's normal. But then after Mass, 1130, you guys can talk until a nighttime holy hour date. So that was, I mean, again, half a day. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a full day. Yeah. Wow. So was that hard? 30 days without talking. Yes. Although I should say that you do a good deal of talking on a silent retreat. I mean, again, you talk to a director for half an hour, talk during Mass. After a few days, you talk to yourself. <laughs> some people were talking to deer and various other fauna and probably some flora too, for all I know. Um, so I started praying. I mean, I, I, I'm afraid I'd go insane. That's why I don't want to do it. Well, yeah. One of the break days I said to my friend, so how are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm talking to deer. How are you doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it was a hard, yes. When the deer start responding, that's when you have to get worried. Yeah. 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 Bambi? Were, what? And there were, so we were, we were at Mundelein Seminary, but we were actually at the Joseph Mary retreat house. So Mundelein, I've been to Mundelein. I've never been there. No, it's gorgeous. It's in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's it's like an, maybe an hour or so, uh, maybe a little bit less outside of the actual city of Chicago. It's on a lake. Um, it's gorgeous, and um, there's a like a path around the lake, and so we were at the retreat house also on this lake on the, along this path. There's a ton of deer. You would have liked it because all kinds of like bugs and. Berries, other and, things to eat. Yeah, so you could you could have foraged. You would have you would have had a good time. I probably would have. Yeah, yeah spent all day eating. It was like as weeds. rural as I would have liked to be for that long. <laughs> like at the at the high water mark of how rural I would have, I would I would can tolerate for that long. So. Gotcha. <laughs> it was nice. It was also very difficult. Yeah. What was the most difficult part? I mean, did, did you get bored in your prayer? Um. Well, you get. I mean, this is gonna sound terrible, but like. But it's by the time you're done with the retreat, the holy hour is just like another thing. Like, like at least have something to do for the next hour. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, because otherwise, you, you know, it's not just that you're not talking. Like, you're also not really supposed to read novels usually. Mm. So your reading is pretty curtailed because you don't want, like, the whole thing is engaging the imaginative part of your brain, right? Like, because you're, you're engaging in prayer and deep prayer and it's imaginative in a lot of ways. So you can't, like, also have character bouncing around your head. That's fair. So you can have... There's a total. You could totally be possible to be silent for 30 days and never have interior silence. And I definitely could see at different points of retreat where I could feel myself letting go of the spirit of the internal of the interior silence. So you have to be careful about that, which ends up meaning that there are fewer things to, to do than you, you would even imagine. Um, so that's difficult. Um, um, also, I've, I've been having some health problems this year, and that was that was more of a more of a challenge than I thought would be on the retreat, actually. Um, mm. And also, you just yeah, you just go, you do eventually just go a little bit mad. We were just like, I can't, like, I need to talk. Like when the last when the last break day came, we were all like, thank goodness, you know what I mean? Like, I need to be able to say something to somebody. So, I mean, did yeah. you get a lot of sleep in? Because that was part of the problem. Oh, yeah, uh, most people did, I'm sure. That was part of, that was part of my problem was yeah. was not sleeping so much, which as it turns out was a problem, was an issue. Some people do like nighttime holy hours. I was never asked to do one, and I would have politely declined the offer had I been offered asked to do one. 
Um, hmm. Some people pray well at night. I would have been, you know, at least wouldn't, wouldn't have worked, I don't think. The, the times that I've been on silent retreats and done like 3 a.m. holy hours, they're the fastest holy hours. And I don't fall asleep, but they're the fastest holy hours I've ever done. You, you, How long honestly, did they take like, you? It took me an hour, but it felt like 15 minutes. Really? You, know, you, wow. you kneel down and you just, I don't know, you just get part of your brain just gets into this rhythm and you're just like, it's beautiful. There's yeah, an interesting thing that happens stuff. sometimes where you're like, I don't have the mental capacity to do a holy hour right now. And God's like, excellent. Here's all the grace that you need. <laughs> you know, and that does happen sometimes. It's probably what's happening at a 3 a.m. holy hour. It's like, I, I can't so. do this. And it's like, I of course so. you can't do it. You can't do it anyway. So, yeah. you know, here's my grace. For a while, I was, uh, I was felt God asked me to do a penance of getting up at three in the morning every morning. And just to go make a visit to the chapel and go Oof. back to bed, and then my sleep. <laughs> yeah. I was I was dragging throughout the day after a few weeks. I was like, oh, this, this ain't working out. Yeah, three a.m. holy hours are not for me. Um, no. 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 <laughs> not an early morning person. No, I'm a. Well, that's not. I mean, three a.m. is barely early. That's, I mean, that's technically early morning, but it's really the middle of the night. Middle of the night. Let's yeah. not pretend here. You I, mean, know I guess I'm which, a night owl, which so is maybe good. I could just extend it, but. Oh really? Yeah. You are okay. Yeah, but I don't know if I would drive to the chapel at three a.m. See, I've become more like not that i'm a morning person but i have to go to bed earlier like i'm, okay. I'm passing out by like 10 o'clock or what time is it right now 11 15 in the morning apparently today but um <laughs> but <laughs> um none of this is to do with the retreat but yeah mm. it's a good experience for sure so tell me about i've never done the spiritual exercises of saint ignatius Loyola. it's a very classic way to pray um mm-hmm. and i'm i'm particularly never been drawn to jesuit spirituality sure perhaps because of the jesuits i know but ouch! I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare you? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've met a few good ones, a few and far between. We had, well, I should say, we had a really great Jesuit on the retreat. His name is Father Hugo, and he's in his 90s. He was at Fordham. He spent most of his life as a missionary to Africa. Wow. And he gave, I should have thought, I, I did think of it, it didn't really come up in our episode on celibacy, but he gave one of the best, like, little uh, images of celibacy I've ever heard one of his homilies. Very, very good man. I, he was my director, but. What, what was the image? He was talking about how he, when he was, um, he was deported from Nigeria once for like criticizing the government over something. And he was really on the plane. He was just kind of really just mourning. Like he had all these friends, his whole priesthood at that point, decade had been in Nigeria. Um, and he was going to miss all those people who didn't know if he'd ever be back. And he felt God saying to him like, yeah, but there's other people that I want you to love, other experiences I want you to have. And you have to die to this to have that. And he goes, and then I realized that's what celibacy is. And die, you have to die to certain things to be available to so many others. And I was like, whoa, mm. that's awesome. So, Truth. That Truth. was one of the great graces of the retreat, by the way, having a, a lot of really good priests. There was like eight priests living there because there's like 30 of us making the retreat. Um, so there's like 30 priests, uh, 38 priests in the house preaching and um, really amazing. So in the holy hours you had talks? Or no, in, no, 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 but so for, for mass. So they would rotate through mass. Oh, for mass. Okay. Yeah, so each guy, each priest would only direct a handful of guys. So mine was um, was Monsignor. He used to be the rector of, the, of St. Mundelein, actually. A very nice guy. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So, yeah, so what did you think of, of the spiritual exercises? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, just really, as a kind of really brief background, the basic way it works is you meditate, you start by meditating on human sinfulness and your own personal sin. And so, what it really looks like is, you're, again, you meet with your director in the morning, at least I met with mine in the morning, and he gives you however many passages he wants you to meditate with, and you do a whole hour per. So, I had four. Some people did five for a period of time or whatever. Um, I only ever asked me to do four. Um, there are also meditations in there's like a manual for this that we were given and the directors have and there are exercises in it so um you'll do i mean so like for the sinfulness one there'll be somewhere like you walk through like examination of conscience um or or like you know um different 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 things like that 
Um, I can talk more about some of those specific ones. I wish I thought to bring the book, but it's at home. Um, so the first period is, is you meditate on human sinfulness and your own personal sin. And the goal is really to like become a true, to grow in a true conviction of, of the weight of your own sin. Um, then you start moved into meditating on the incarnation and Christ's early life. Um, and so that was really powerful. One of the really interesting ones from the book is you, 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 you kind of meditate on just like picturing the Trinity and how the Trinity looks at earth. And then you look at like humanity and you look at the blessed mother. And it was really interesting because after, you know, you, you're praying through it. And I, what, what came to me there was like how loud the passionate love of the Trinity is for us and how loud human chaos is and how this, this is what, again, how my, what my like perspective on it was in this, in this prayer period, how it was the quiet of Mary that a lot, that was able to receive the passion of the Trinity, that the, the Trinity's like humanity was too loud to really receive that, the, the passion from the Trinity. And Mary had, it had, it took somebody who was quiet and receptive enough to receive it. Hmm. So, so that was, that was, that was a good thing. So you meditate on the incarnation into Christ's early life. Then you move into his ministry. So you pray through his entire ministry into his passion. It's meant to pray through the passion and ends with the resurrection with a special emphasis on the joy of the resurrection, which sounds obvious, but I don't think I ever actually prayed on the reality of being joyful in the resurrection. Um, and at that point, too, you start to kind of wind down a little bit. And so you start praying about the, what the retreat is held. So you kind of you start praying through. I started praying through each week. Um, I was invited to after I prayed through the first two weeks, I was invited to make a prayer about them. Like if I were to try to if I were to say something about them to the father, what would I say? And then finally, I was asked to pray through the entire retreat and then put together with, with certain kind of outlines a prayer that is really more of an agreement that I was supposed to sign and date as like, a, what does this like retreat mean for me going forward? So it was very, it, it's very, it's, it's obviously very reflective. There's an affective quality to it, too, where it's like you are true, try to be, try to truly be convicted of your own sinfulness. You try to truly be convicted of the injustice of the passion of the joy of the resurrection, stuff like that. Mm. That's kind of the broad outline. And there's, again, there's, there's, there's other were parts you, of it. Were you able to get your emotions in line with those? That was one of, so that was one of my challenges. I was getting frustrated about it. And it's hard when you're in it to not think about the retreat or not to evaluate the retreat. And that's why on the break days, they're very, very, very like assertive about do not talk about the retreat. Do not compare with directors because you'll end up ruining everything for yeah. yourself because yeah, you, sure. well, he told you to do that. Maybe I should try that. And a real, one of the foundational parts of this, I'm sure it's true of the retreats you've done, Father, is your director is the Holy Spirit to you. Like, that's how you're communicating with the Holy Spirit. So you you do whatever the director says. If the director says don't read, you don't read. If he says you do read, you do read. Like, you have to really, because you're putting yourself in his hands, so you have to really be in his hands. Mm. Um, yeah, I was having a hard time with some of the effective stuff. A big thing you pray through is your own attachments. Mm. And I, maybe at some point we'll talk about what some of the graces that came from this, but that was particularly difficult for me. And I was kind of like, okay, I no doubt I'm attached to a million things, but nothing was really coming up as like the the thing. And I was kind of getting frustrated about it until I finally realized that what I was attached to was the priesthood. Huh. But I only realized that after the tree finished. So like that's the other weird thing is you like you you're done Thursday after after mass at, at five o'clock. You're at dinner with everybody. The next day we shared graces with the whole group. The day after we flew home, or that night we flew home. And the next day we shared graces just with our house. And I'm still unpacking a lot of what happened in the retreat. Like, I'm still, you still you think, you're like, oh, yeah, that's true. That, that You hear somebody say something, you're like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the thing that I, that I was praying about in the retreat on day 15. And I should have brought my notebook, too. That would have been helpful. But, you know. You were so unprepared. I, yeah, obviously, I spent I spent minutes preparing for this episode. That's uh, right. Not to mention the 30 days I spent doing the retreat. But, yeah. The only, the only um, 
one of the I've only prayed with one of the days of the uh, okay. of the retreat, and it's, it was actually a really good one. Is it's uh, the two standards? Yes, it's everybody likes it's kind, two of, standards. It's kind of a classic. So so Ignatius, of course, being a soldier himself, you know, has a lot of military imagery within this whole thing, and uh, the whole thing is you know which banner are you standing under? The banner of the world, or the banner of Christ, and kind of contrast. You know, what do what do people look like under each banner? What you know, what is where? Which direction are they marching? Where where is going to be the ultimate? you know goal purpose of, w- of where they're going and that's that's a very nice one to do yeah yeah no, that's that's a good one there's also you make an election at some point where you kind of there's like a resolution to the retreat and it, people different people experience things differently sometimes the guys during their like when we were sharing our graces from it would say something about the retreat and i'd be like i don't recognize that at all but that's just we have different experiences and different directors and that's cool you know sure. some people can like really neatly tie up in a bow this is what i prayed about or this is what came from it um, mine's a little bit more like all over the place and kind of, like I said, kind of shifting as, as I think about it and talk about it. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, definitely graceful time. So good. Good. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I don't know what your experience was, Joe, but it sounds like, I think a lot of times you go into, at least I've gone into retreats of thinking like, I'm going to have this like fantastic mind blowing experience, feel the presence of God, like running through my, the veins of my body and stuff. And, um, I don't know, a lot of times I, I would say the majority of the retreats that I've been on, and I haven't been on that many, I have not felt that. You know, there have been moments of grace, but um, I think the, you know, like looking back on certain retreats of just reflecting even on things that like God was working on, that a lot of times you see the results in in retrospect, but they don't actually, like they might not come to fruition until until later on. So yeah. um, to not like beat yourself up either, because um, yeah, it's, I think people talk up retreats sometimes of like, you're going to go on this retreat and your life is going to be changed and you're just going to be a completely di- different person. And I don't I'm know. I'm a little bit taller I, now. That's, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I'm a little bit taller now. So <laughs> yeah. How did but that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it's not it's not how that's not how god works not necessarily you know some people do have those experiences but a lot of times you don't and that's okay well it's interesting are you know sometimes people conflate grace with consolation yeah mm-hmm. you know i received yeah. lots of graces aka i felt god's presence but yes. that's not the case right yep. you can receive graces invisibly mm-hmm. silently with no sensibility at all. Yeah, yeah, without feeling. Like, it's just to remember that the spiritual life is not about feeling. And you also can't really be the judge of how good this retreat was right. for you because right. God is working. And, there, and that it was, I'm glad that they stressed to us not to compare retreats during the break days because, you know, like, you, you, everybody, everybody does this. You start comparing, and it's like, I, I remember, you know, like, oh, like, I bet this person's probably loving this, you know, like they love. And then, like, afterwards, yep. it'd be like, yeah, so like I had to like do his I had to like have a day of half as many holy hours because I just like I was like exhausted. My spiritual director told me I needed to take a break. And like, whoa, did not did not know that at all. Or like one guy was like, yeah, I went to my director and I told him I wanted to leave after ten days, and he talked me off the ledge about it. And you're like, whoa, didn't didn't see that coming. So, huh. um, yeah, so you just you just don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be like in ecstasy for thirty days. It only lasted twenty eight days for me, you know. So um, <laughs> <laughs> those last two days must be really uh, rough. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it's amazing how. Um, just like um, I don't know, like like normal becomes after a few days. Mm. Like at first, like I can't believe I'm doing this, and you're like, all right, gotta do another holy hour before lunch, or before mass. Then I'll have lunch, probably do another holy hour. Maybe I'll go walk to the seminary today. Oh, I can check out the library. Gotta make sure I get the third holy hour. And like you just start. It's like anything else. After mm. a while, it's kind of wild that that's that that's the reality of it. It is so crazy. Um, but yeah, eventually just becomes like anything else. Like yeah, I think I'll look through a coffee table book for the next half hour. 
and then I'll have dinner. That'll be good. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's, it's funny. You talk about retreats and the, and the blessings and challenges. My retreats generally now as a priest, so you're actually required by canon law to take a five day retreat yeah. every year. I must admit, I'm not perfect at that. <gasps> you're a criminal. There are some times when I take a three day retreat. Um, or not at all. Silent retreat? Not good. Yeah, yeah, silent retreat. So you can do it a lot of different ways. You could do um, this preached retreat where someone just preaches conferences and you listen to them or a silent retreat by I yourself. I think a lot, of priest, a lot of priest retreats have included happy hour in the evenings, I think. I'm not joking yes, about that, by the way. Do. Yes, they <laughs> Sometimes. do. Sometimes. They do, which is why I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. There's something to be avoided, but... <laughs> no, my retreats are generally to go out in the wilderness yeah. and just be with God. And and that's why I, I'm not a huge Ignatius fan, because he's very regimented. He's like, you have to meditate on this, this, and this. And I'm like, I just wanted to, like, love Jesus and, like, go into the wilderness. Kind of more Francis. It's all vibes, right? Yeah, it gets, it's gets some vibes. vibes. Gets yeah. some vibes. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I guess if you need structure, I do have a, I think I have a book actually. It's, I think it's meant for the, it's the spiritual exercises. Maybe it's meant for the 30 days. Yeah, it's not, it's not, you wouldn't, you wouldn't read it. They yeah, they, they were like, this is not literature. So it's don't, not, and I was like, it's not oh, really spiritual dang, reading either. You know? They like, do have an eight day version though. So maybe you have the eight day version. Smaller. No, I think it's it's meant for like the thirty day thing, but it did give you like certain things to meditate on, and yeah, I. It's surprisingly technical. Like there's like actual like like almost jargon that you have to kind of be aware of as a director. Yeah, yeah, and mm. I just I don't know. I think I did a few days, and then I was like. Yeah, I, you also can't do it by your. I mean, you really shouldn't do it by yourself the first yeah. time for sure. Yeah. And there's some. It's, I know priests who would kind of direct their own retreat, and that's fine because they're like they, they're they're knowledgeable enough, and they're and they're holy enough, and that works out. I mean, I certainly wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend it for a lay person. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't recommend lay people do the thirty days. No, I wouldn't recommend lay people doing their own retreat. Like like oh, do like their directing own their own retreat. Like I think you need to have a director. So the thirty days is a great experience. I mean, how does lay person have thirty free days? Would be my question. But um, I also like you can't go into it thinking it's like unemployed oh, young adults. Right. I, you can't go into it thinking like I. We you know like I pray. Like I go to mass. And I like pray the rosary. So I'll be fine. Like no, you need to like like I came out. I went into the retreat after a year of learning how to pray properly, how to meditate, and how to like stretch out meditation and, and get comfortable with silence. And we did a three day and a five day to kind of have a little bit of experience. Like you can't, it's not, it's the spiritual exercises. Like that's a real, that's reality. Like halfway through, maybe even more, I went to my director and I was like, you know, Monsignor, I, mean, I thought at this point, like there'd be no distraction. Like I'd be like totally invested in my prayer. I'm more distracted than ever. And like, what gives? And he goes, well, you're exhausted. Like if you were in boot camp on the 15th day, you'd be tired. And you're doing spiritual exercises. You're spiritually tired, so don't don't be too hard on yourself. Like and ease up on things. Like they they encouraged us to take a break from to kind of take a step back from the liturgy of the hours, even or even hmm. to not take or even to maybe not even pray the rosary every day, because you're here for a specific purpose of prayer. So all of the other devotions will be there when you get back. But this is very now that doesn't mean that we have to do. Not all of us did, but that's that's a reality. Is like you have to. Um, recognize the reality of what it is. It's not a vacation. It's difficult. Yeah. It's not pe- yeah. like people. Are like, oh, it must have been so peaceful. I mean, it was, but it also wasn't. You know it's I mean? men- mentally tiring. I'm yeah. sure. Spiritually tiring too. Yeah. Prayer can be can be exhausting. Oh yeah. No, that's. I mean. Which I think is why I like hiking and praying because it gives me it gets me into the routine. Yeah, and I mean that's. Kinda... I mean maybe that works really well for you. I find that um, oftentimes when I try to be moving while praying, like if I'm doing, if I'm praying my rosary while walking, that does reduce the amount of focus I'm actually able to really enter into in prayer. That's just me. Can you like not walk and chew gum at the same time? You're one of those people. No, I can do that. No, I, I often, I mean, I mostly pray my rosary while I'm walking or driving, but I just find that I'm not, not fully there. Yeah. I tend to get a little bit distracted, but that's something well, that's, that's funny. I'm the absolute opposite. Huh? If I sit down to pray my rosary, I get so distracted. Yeah. No, I, I pray it when I run, I just don't bring my phone and I meditate on, like I am able to concentrate, but I like to move too. 
Wow. Are you able to say say the words while you're running? In my head, yes. On oh, your head? Yeah. Okay. But on each I I kind of have a oh, like a meditation for each crazy. beat of like Sure. <laughs> no, it's at this I mean, at this point it's, you know, I when when you condition your body to like run every day, it's not like yeah, you're not physically. Out of yeah, it's not mile. like I wouldn't do it if I was sprinting or you know. Yeah, you go um, around Todd's point. There are no hills there. There's there are no hills there. Yeah, no, totally that's a, that's a very easy run. <laughs> <laughs> I run in Monroe, Connecticut. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't. Hills were invented. I don't. I don't run at. I, yeah. I, I don't run at. Where all hills come I run, from? I run a bunch of hills around my house. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's still it's fine. Yeah. So I, anyway, I was going to talk about this one retreat I went on um, last year. So this year I did a wonderful retreat down by the what, Delaware Water Gap, which is it's really it's a neat place if you ever get a chance to go there. Great hiking, um, Appalachian Trail. But the, the, week, the year before, some friends of mine gave me uh, their house in Vermont for a week. I was going to go make my retreat. It was late April. It was like April 20th. So I was like, spring in Vermont. Beautiful, right? Snow? Snow, ice storm, you know, and yeah. And so, you know, the first first day I got a nice hike in. Second day I was going to go out and go hiking, but it was like an ice storm, so I couldn't. Third day it warmed up to about like maybe forty degrees, so I was like, I'm going to do this anyway. You know, yeah. I know there's probably snow on the ground, whatever. So, strap on my boots, drive up there, drive up to the the, the place. Nobody had plowed the parking lot of the trailhead, so I drive into this trailhead. The snow is like six inches deep. My car gets stuck. Oh no! It's yeah. Shocking. Yeah, I know, right? So, and I'm also, by the way, out of gas. So, naturally, like going, trying to rock the car back and forth, trying to go dig it out. So, I have to go and walk half a mile down the hill to a ski resort to ask for a shovel. So, then I walk right back up the hill, dig it out. At that point, my battery was dead. Right. Yeah, it was pretty miserable. So, calling AAA, you know, AAA finally shows up like an hour later. I'm in my car, like freezing to death. And, you know, they they tow my car out and jump the battery and everything. And, you know, I finally I was so angry and frustrated, honestly, at God, because I was like, here I am on this retreat. Like, I'm trying to encounter you in the beauty of nature. And this happened. Yeah. You know, that, that I left the retreat a day early and I went home. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Because I couldn't be cooped up in that house one more day with terrible weather outside. I was yeah. Like, I need to, you know, do something. So, so and I'm still trying to unpack, like, why did God allow that mm-hmm. on a retreat? You know, and I'm sure there was some grace, maybe. I, I don't have an answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. It's... Could it be could it be that you couldn't be alone with yourself for five days that he was trying to show that to you? Like to the extent hi- hiking's a great thing to do on a retreat, but it's also a bit of an escape, isn't it? Not for me, no. Okay. No. For me it's it's that's how I pray. Oh, fair enough. For me, if I was stuck in that house, I'd be reading all the books in that house, which are Yeah. Some most of them were edifying, but you know, but not the point of our coffee table books of like yeah. <laughs> waterfalls in Vermont, you know, <laughs> spend half an hour doing that, you know. Right. Yeah. There was a book, a thou- it was like, um, like a thousand events that shaped history. And that book was like, it was contested. It's like six of us reading it, reading it at a given point. And so you're trying to like, after me, like scope out, like, can I get the book? Can I get like 10 minutes with it? You know what I mean? <laughs> it was very important by around day 20 to have that book. Yeah. So, I mean, were, were you allowed to read any books other than... Yeah, so again, like, this is up to your director. So I asked him at the beginning, because at my five-day, I was like, oh, I'm going to like read a Steinbeck novel, I'm going to read this, and I asked my director, and he was like, yeah, you probably should read no more than five minutes a day, and like no novels. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So um, so this one I asked, right, it was like one of the first questions I asked, and he was like, he was a lot more permissive, this director, and he was like, yeah, just, you know, just be careful, unlike Lives of the Saints are Good. So I read a biography of Maximilian Kolbe. Nice. Actually, really good biography. Um, and what else? I read something else. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but, um, the story of a Jesuit, um, a Chinese Jesuit priest who was from China 
and was like you know imprisoned because of the communists for however long and it was an interesting story um and not cardinal ignatius kung no not cardinal kung no because yeah i wasn't a cardinal uh there was no but there were no books on cardinal kung there and a couple like some other coffee table type things and um yeah so i i did a little bit of reading i think a lot of people were told no reading at all which is that's rough that is rough like they were allowed like like a book on like a book of art um stuff like that you know um which i didn't do really So, yes, I mean, so I think books are a great way in which God can speak to us on retreats. Right. Too, because a lot of times in prayer, I mean, we need to feed our intellect with some sort of substance in order to, to meditate on God. And who yeah, is. and there are things like that where um, that are imaginative that help. Like, um, yeah, like my director gave me a poem. It wasn't for meditation, but I mentioned something after one of my meditation periods that reminded him of a poem by um, T.S. Eliot on Three Magi. So he gave me that. Oh, nice. And it was actually interesting. Like, he had me meditate on the English translation of Stabat Mater um, um, one, of the, one of the days in the Passion, which was very cool. So that there, are, there were interesting non-biblical meditations that were that were useful. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So. Yeah, so, so explain a little bit about how to do intellectual meditation. Like, I mean, you kind of just, like, put yourself there in the scene. So that's, I mean, there's different approaches. So that's what we'd call probably imaginative prayer, which some people are, are, like to pray that way. That's not how I necessarily typically pray, but I will do it sometimes. And sometimes what I'll do is, like, let me just say, like, basically the way I approach most of my, my prayer periods, and still now, is, um, so I'll, I'll read whatever passage it is once, give myself a few seconds or a minute, read it again, and just try to just kind of sit with it. And as I find myself getting distracted, I'll, I'll return to it. Um, so I'm not trying to force myself to, to, like, stare at it until, like, a word pops out. I'm trying to let myself sit with it, and as I kind of need that that spurring and maybe i'll read it slower i'll focus one part or try reading it out loud um and sometimes it helps where it's like okay i'm feel like i'm not getting anywhere let me just try to picture what this would have looked like like or like okay so this is you know um jesus the the the, the apostles seeing jesus on the shore after the resurrection so how that would look to them like would they have how would they have seen him how would jesus have seen them um i also one of the interesting things about the retreat was that it didn't matter so much if one holy one prayer period didn't really like work, quote unquote, because you were doing you know 120 of them in the course of a month. So like, <laughs> oh geez, the last three were were, were didn't weren't didn't work well. I have 60 more, so I'm sure something. And and like you would think like, oh yeah, I'm not really it's been dry. You look back in your notebook, like, oh wow, I'm actually like there's a like, consistent threads. Um, hmm. So yeah, so some people like the imagine like like they try to put themselves in the scene. I think that that can be great. I do it sometimes. It's not the way I primarily pray. But I think that Ignatius has this big, you know, one of his big things is there is no prayer without desire. Sometimes I'll just try to remind myself, like, when I feel stuck, okay, what is my desire right now? Like, I'm not just praying. I'm not just, like, having, I'm not chit-chatting with Jesus right now. I'm here to try to really enter in a deep conversation with him. So, like, do I have a desire? And sometimes it's like, oh, I don't think I have a desire. What's the text pointing me to? Oh, maybe the desire should be a growth in humility because that's what this text is about and um, some reason something's making me not want to think about that right so um and yeah one thing the inter- like you know again i said we spent the whole year learning how to pray but really the retreat taught me how to pray a lot better hmm. and I've, I've seen that afterwards even though it's a little bit more difficult coming back into the normal world um but yeah i feel a lot more because before the temptation was to try to make like a bible study Mm. So you want you want to have a paragraph you can write about with the text and you're, when you're done, and I realize that that's not what I'm doing here. And so it's okay if I finish one my holy hour one day and I don't know even what I was really praying about, what the resolution from it was, because it's like, well, this Jesus is still here tomorrow, so I can yeah. do, I can do, we can do we can do the exact same thing. Which I think that's that's an important point that in prayer God leads. Yeah. You know you can you can't try to force it. Right. You know you show up, you do your part, and then God can either give you a great consolation or 
remain silent. It's up to him. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, too. Like, it's this, again, it sounds kind of silly, but, like, the retreat proved to me that prayer is real. Because the temptation would be, and we all fall into this, it's like, am I just talking to myself right now? You know? Yeah. It's just, um, just psychological. Yeah. But the reality is that sometimes you get a passage, like, oh, okay, we're going to be praying about detachment. And you get to the holy hour, and you're like, "Oh God, you wanted to talk about celibacy? Okay, that's different than I thought." But, but mm. I wouldn't, I didn't get there myself, right? So like, you you led me to this to this meditation for some reason. So um, okay, we're doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, God, God is the leader. He is the ultimate director, as you said, the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, He's the ultimate director. But you know, I had a wise priest in college who often said, "Pray as you can, not as you can't." Yeah. And I think it's more important that you pray than how you pray, because everyone prays in a very different way, and. Uh, and, and the Ignatian spirituality is a beautiful spirituality. Uh, it's not for everybody, right. but you got a lot out of it. Yeah. Sounds like, and it's... I'm not saying that all of it is how I would pray all the time, but even like on our five day, the, the our director of our spiritual year going into it was like, you know, when he says, if your director says pray for 45 minutes, make sure you're there for 45 minutes. Don't move. If you feel like you're not getting anywhere, pray the rosary, do something, but don't leave, don't leave the chapel for 45 minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? And that was actually another surprising thing was how little time I spent praying in the chapel for a lot of it. Like I would do like oh you could do holy hours elsewhere anywhere you wanted. There was nothing no there were no mandatory holy hours. You really? So you set your entire schedule. So oh interesting. So if you wanted to do it, there was two chapels in the building we were in, and there was a, a shrine on one going one direction on the trail, and then the seminary on the other. But it was beautiful. So sometimes I would literally like um, Google a picture of Mundelein Seminary. You'll see that there's like this beautiful like um, boardwalk type thing that like like reaching out almost like say it actually modeled off St. Peter's Basilica into the lake. I would pray there sometimes. Um, there's a little courtyard that was like stone and nice and cool. And I would pray there a lot. Well, that's good. Cause variety I think is very important in the spiritual life. Yeah. And it's the, sometimes it's the only thing you have. It's like, all right, well I can spend, I'll spend, I'll, I'll walk for a half hour, get somewhere. Then I'll pray there. Some guys would walk to the beach and pray. Yeah. Totally, totally open. So that we, I, I, for, I, towards the end, I did it more, but at the beginning I almost did no holy hours in the chapel because, wow. because there's a lot of people in there. Pews are often not comfortable. I'm not here. Like I'm here. You to can't meditate. kneel for five hours a day. Yeah, well, there was that's... an oratory in the basement. That's like a pre-Vatican II thing. One guy, everyone was holy hours. He brought down a chair and a kneeler. I one time saw him with a pillow on the floor. No judgment. That's cool. I like. <laughs> you I, do what you I, do. I, I, I do that sometimes too. Like, that, that's great. And it's like I'm here to meditate. So there's no judgment. The judgment-free zone. Absolutely. If you want to stand up, if you want to like walk around, I would sometimes like I need to get up for a second. I've been saying too much. I will walk around. You're still praying. It's fine. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that God gave you so many graces and that yeah. as difficult as it was, it was a benefit to your spiritual life. And that's, uh, that's what a retreat should be. So I know most of us probably can't take 30 days off of our job or out of our school and go on retreat, but perhaps we can take an afternoon. Perhaps we can take a day or maybe a couple of days just to be alone with the Lord and allow him to speak because he is the director, the leader. Find a good book, a good spiritual book. Find the Bible. Pray wherever you find the Bible. Find the Bible. You should have one at home. <laughs> Bibles. <laughs> I lose mine all the time. Yeah, where do you go? Where do you go now? It's a struggle, right? But uh, I challenge all of our listeners to take a little bit of time to be a, to be on retreats, just to be with the Lord, because that's such a powerful way to renew our spiritual life and renew our zeal for following Christ. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time to Restless. Listen.